This podcast is sponsored by Canoe Club. Canoe Club has been one of my favorite retailers for such a long time, so it's a real honor to have them sponsoring the pod. If you're unfamiliar with Canoe Club, it's a retailer based out of Boulder, Colorado that carries brands such as Engineer Garments, Visvim, Capital, Nanamika, Levi's, Orslo, Friends of the Pod, Marnie, Solomon, and Popeye Magazine, and so much more. They have such an incredible assortment, ranging from under-the-radar emerging brands to beloved heritage brands. I had the founder of Canoe Club, Timothy Grindle, on the podcast, which I'll have linked in the description if you're interested in learning more about the retailer. I'll also be showcasing some of my favorite pieces on the Fashion Collective Instagram, as well as in the weekly newsletter. The team over at Canoe Club has been very kind to offer a 15% discount code for all the Fashion Collective podcast listeners. Use code Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, it is Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. The link to the site will be linked in the description for you guys to head over and check out the assortment. So my name is Kayla Curtis Evans. I am currently a creative editor at Hypebeast, um, and I'm also a freelance writer as well as a freelance creative producer. I live in New York City right now. Um, I've been at Hypebeast for just under a year. I studied English and environmental studies as a double major when I was in college, and I was really interested in kind of like marrying both of those worlds and finding a way to instill a little bit of education in all of my pieces. I love writing about fashion. I've always loved reading magazines since I was younger, but I think as I got older, I realized there were a lot of things in that realm that people don't know about or um, especially in the environmental sect of fashion, there are just so many different things that I myself didn't know and I wanted to kind of immerse myself in that world and learn about it and once I learned you know the fashion industry is the second most detrimental industry in the world when it comes to environmental pollution and degradation and I kind of wanted to find a way to like share that information with the people like the audiences with the publications that I write for but in a digestible way making it still fun and of course not like fully leaving the fashion realm I I still really love to you know watch shows and look at what's coming down the runway but I think it's important to also give the flip side of that um so that's kind of how I got started and yeah my day-to-day is writing articles um reading articles I'm trying to be better about also reading um and staying up on what else is out there especially when it comes to thinking of new ideas and new pitches Um, There are so many people who are around my age or older doing really amazing things in the same kind of realm. So I think learning from them is also something I'm I'm trying to better myself about. Um, And yeah, so writing articles, you know, going to shows. I'm excited for Fashion Week this time around. And um, just learning is kind of my day to day. Um, on top of fashion, I'll also take on pieces about beauty and art. Um, I do some opinion pieces. So, um, that was definitely the jumping off point, but I also don't ever want to box myself in creatively. So I love talking to all different people for my interviews, whether it's in fashion or like I said, art or 
all different things. Um, as long as I'm learning something and also being able to teach people something, I think that's, that's what fulfills me in, in what I'm doing. Moving into the first segment, style ethos, how would you describe your personal style? Yeah, I think that that's something that is constantly evolving. I know that's kind of a cliche answer because I think a lot of people say that, but it's true. I think that obviously my style like five years ago is completely different than what it's turned into now. But something that I always tell people and that I think I've been leaning into more and more now that I'm finding that personal style is um, I really, really love, of course, leaning into my femininity like as a woman is something that is really, really important to me. Um, so I'll go for really bright pinks or... Um, you know, really floral patterns, something like that. But I also like to kind of draw it back and reel it in by pairing it with kind of pieces that um, pieces that are kind of like the opposite of that. So I love combining these really girly feminine pieces with, you know, really chunky jewelry or really big black platform boots. Um, so I think there's kind of the flip side of that edginess as well in my personal style. And um, I've been really trying to challenge myself as well by picking out pieces that are kind of hard to style or pieces that I couldn't really see myself wearing and finding ways to make it work on me. Um, I think dressing proportionally is something that I recently have been trying to better myself about as well, um, learning about what works on my body. Um, but overall, I think it's that combination of this really playful feminine pink fun side and then this kind of more edgy, almost punk. I really like um, Heaven Mark Jacobs, I think is like the perfect embodiment of that. Like you get that really Gen Z kind of like do whatever, wear whatever you want feel from their pieces. But at the same time, there's this inherent femininity, which I resonate with a lot. Um, so yeah, I would say it's kind of like the balance between those two things and changing every day. But that's usually what I go back to. Moving into the next segment, what have you been obsessed with? You know, what have you currently been into lately? This can be music, TV shows, films, food. You know, what have you been into lately? Very much a reader. I'm trying to get back into it as far as like books because growing up I was such an avid reader of magazines, books, everything. Um, and that's, you know, kind of how I got into the things that I do now. But I think as we all get older, we kind of realize like, I used to read a lot more when I was younger, so I'm trying to get back into that. I'm reading right now. Uh, I read a lot of true crime books and listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Uh, usually when I'm like walking around the city, it fills in, fills up the time. I like a good story. But um, aside from that, two books I'm reading right now, I'm reading All About Love by Bell Hooks. I'm not very far into it, but um, it was recommended to me by a lot of people. And then I have it right behind me right now i'm pulling it out this book called dress codes i got it for christmas um it's called dress codes how the laws of fashion made history by richard thompson ford um i'm also only a few pages into this but i'm super interested in this because i really love kind of looking at fashion as a reflection of time periods and history and it's about kind of how you know, people dress depending on the political eras that they lived in or the economic eras that they lived in and how things that people wear are actually indicative of, you know, lots of things besides just clothing that they put on their body. So I think that's really cool. 
Um, as far as TV and movies, like I said, lots of true crime. I just finished last night the movie Tar. Um, I thought that was an amazing movie. It was a little bit long, but I thought it was amazing. I'm trying to get better about, about my movie watching. My boyfriend is a film buff, so he's always showing me new things, and we, we watched that. We loved it. Especially, I feel like anything that kind of takes place or has scenes in New York, I love to watch now that I live here. And then music-wise, uh, I've been still listening nonstop to SZA's new album. Love it. I'm very much like an R&B girl. I've been going back to like old Mariah Carey albums. I grew up listening to Mariah Carey. So I love I love my pop R&B girls. Um, Ariana Grande is one of my very favorites. So I'm still playing all of her old music, even though I don't think we're going to get an album from her for some time. But um, yeah, those are kind of the things that I'm listening to and watching right now and reading. Actually, I'm very curious, you know, what publications do you typically read or, you know, check out? Yeah, so um, since I work for Hypebeast, I love to kind of check out everything else that my coworkers write on editorial and on creative. So that's a first for me. That That's first on the list is always checking out what's new on Hypebeast. Um, but aside from, you know, where I work, I've always loved Teen Vogue, still love Teen Vogue. Um, that was kind of like, I think that was one of the first early magazines that I read that really had me falling in love with fashion. And I like how they're kind of leaning more into politics and and culture nowadays. So that's really intriguing to me. Um, The Cut is always, always putting out some really interesting takes. So I'm always reading The Cut. Lindsay Peoples-Wagner would be one of the examples of someone that I look up to for sure in, in this industry. She has just broken so many barriers and I think continues to do so at the cut. Their reporting is so cutting edge, but it's also necessary a lot of the time. So I love what they do. Um, Willa Bennett is the editor-in-chief of High Snob right now. Um, I really, really love what she's doing. I think she's really putting a contemporary spin on everything that they're doing and the talent that she's chosen. I think one of their recent covers was Billie Eilish. I like kind of these like fresh takes that she brings um, I've always loved Elaine Welteroth. I loved her um, in her early days, you know, but now she does a lot of really interesting think pieces and opinion pieces. I know she recently um, went through a pregnancy and she gave birth and she wrote about her experience there. And I thought that that was so insightful and also, you know, a departure from her early works in fashion. Um, I think it's interesting to see what she has to say as a person and now that she's maturing in her life. Um, and I'll always love Eva Chen. I think she's amazing. And like I said, kind of with Elaine, I got into Eva with her early fashion days and now she's at Instagram fashion. So I think it's really interesting the career arc that she's had. So those people are all people that I definitely look up to. I like to read their work or look over any projects that they put out. Um, publications, yeah, The Cut, Teen Vogue, always reading Hypebeast. I love ID. I love, I write for Office Magazine as well, and I love Office, you know, I'm a little bit biased because I do write for them, but even if I didn't, I love how they kind of put an artistic spin on everything they do. So um, yeah, those are all up there for me, for sure. Yeah, makes me really interested. What collections have you really enjoyed over the last few weeks of uh, Fashion Week? Yes, so I did come in immediately wanting to mention um, the Victor and Rolf collection the couture collection that they recently did um it was super avant-garde i thought it was super playful 
Um, and kind of what I mentioned with my style, like a lot of the silhouettes were these really uh, larger than life. You know, there was a lot of tulle going on, a lot of like taffeta. They're super fluffy. Um, there's bows and they have these ruffles. So it's super feminine, but they also kind of offset and and didn't let themselves, you know, only live in that one box by creating these really, really out there silhouettes. Like I'm sure you saw they were like the sideways dresses or the upside down dresses. And I think it's kind of everything that I said that I really love about fashion is taking something expected and making it unexpected. I think they did a really good job of that. So uh, that really caught my attention for sure during Couture. Moving into the main portion of the interview, really getting to know your journey and what you have coming down the pipeline. I always love to start it off with, you know, what initially got you interested in fashion and design? Yeah. So I think as long as I can remember, I've been just so intrigued in everything to do with fashion. Um, I mentioned Teen Vogue. Those are some of the earliest magazines. I remember, you know, going to the grocery store with my mom and sneaking a magazine in the cart every time. And it was usually Teen Vogue. But I mean, I also I loved my like old celebrity gossip magazines. I loved those like J14 or Tiger Beat. (laughs) So um, I think in general, I just loved learning about what was going on in pop culture. And I think one of the biggest reflections of pop culture is fashion. So naturally, I gravitated towards that. And I went through so many phases growing up of, you know, at first I wanted to be a fashion designer and I have tons of sketchbooks full of like little designs I drew um, from when I was younger and I got older and I just was so fascinated with writing um, in any capacity. I loved the idea that sometimes I could say more on a page than I could out loud. Um, I think I didn't become, you know, comfortable speaking until recently. Obviously, it's a big part of my job to meet new people and interview them and speak to them. But when I was younger, I felt like there weren't any barriers to, you know, what I wanted to say if I could just put it all down on a page. So I became really interested in that. And then, like I said, in kind of combining that with fashion, I think the thing that captures why I love both fashion and writing is just the fact that they're both forms of self-expression. I think I've always been someone who has a lot to say, whether I know exactly how I want to say it or not. I think I always have a lot that I want to say, or I always have a lot of things that I'm thinking. And if I can channel that energy into something, then, um, you know, I think that that's something I enjoy. So I'm able to do that through writing. I'm able to do that in the things that I wear. And some of those early magazines were the first examples that I saw of other people doing that and other people kind of making careers out of it. And I think it was really inspiring to be able to read and take in all of that and to think, oh, maybe I can do this too. But, you know, as a younger person, buying magazines from the store it seems like such a it seems like it's just worlds apart you know I'm reading this information I'm going to the store to buy it but I never really could connect the dots of like okay how can I have my name in these magazines it it seems so far away I think when I was younger um and as I got older that become that became the biggest part of navigating all of this was figuring out okay how do I get there I, I figured out what I wanted it was more about um you know the the path to getting there but yeah all of those early magazines really inspired me I think as I got older I got really into secondhand fashion and thrifting and um that inspires me 
more than anything, I think, I think that there's something really beautiful about giving something a second life. Um, it's helped me to discover brands that I've known about, but I feel like getting to take in the history of them gave me even better insight and it allowed me to value certain brands even more. Um, Vivian Westwood is a great example of a designer that I had known about even as, um, you know, a younger girl, but once I started seeing some of her archive pieces and some of these really beautiful vintage pieces that are, you know, still in circulation of hers, I thought it was so inspiring that she made pieces that kind of had people enthralled for decades, you know? Um, so she's a big one for me, a big inspiration. Um, and I think when I, it even goes back to my style that I described, kind of this give and take of femininity, but also putting forth this really strong persona through what you wear. I think that's something that um, Vivian Westwood was so good at, was presenting these really beautifully structured, elegant pieces, but they always had a bit of fierceness, a bit of um, an edge to them. So she inspired me definitely to take on what I do and to bring a new viewpoint, um, because I think that's something that's really important in this industry as well as we want people to bring something new, to bring fresh takes. And I think it's important, as I mentioned, you know, education within fashion is so important. Um, so yeah, it's really just a culmination of all the things that I watched and read when I was younger and then growing older and realizing I wanted to do the same, but I kind of wanted to do it my way. Like a lot of the people who who came before that I mentioned, even, even some of those journalists that I mentioned, you know, they a lot of them are women of color. They're women who didn't get to be in those spaces in, in previous times and they really paved their own paths. And I think that that is really admirable. So yeah, a culmination of people, of pop culture, um, a, a longing for self-expression, all of those things came together to kind of um, bring me to where I am now. Yeah, I think you touched on something quite important. You know, what advice would you give someone who is an inspiring writer, content producer, trying to break into the industry? Yeah, I think you touched on something quite important. You know, what advice would you give someone who is an inspiring writer, content producer, trying to break into the industry? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that is the hardest part. I think for a lot of people who are creatives or have, you know, a brain that works that way, um, the easy part is figuring out what you want to do. I've known forever that I I needed to make something um, in my occupation. I needed to be able, like I said, it goes back to self-expression. I needed to be able to channel that energy into something. So figuring that out was the easy part. And like we just said, the hard part was navigating that path. And I think it would be unfair to sugarcoat and, and say that it was easy because it's really not. It's um, it's an industry that can be hierarchical. It's an industry that does have a lot of barriers of entry for a lot of different people. Um, I think the most important thing now that I am lucky enough to have a job getting to do something that I love is to share that with other people. It's exactly what we're doing right now. Um, I'm always willing to kind of, you know, network with people or speak to people and tell them about my path because, I want other people to have a beacon in the same way that I wanted that when I was trying to to get up and um, to get into what I'm what I'm doing now. So I think the biggest thing for me was um, 
And this is something that I learned from so many people, almost too many to name who acted as mentors for me. Um, The biggest thing was finding a niche. And it doesn't have to be something that sets you apart from everyone because that's also one of the hardest parts of being in this industry is that it's competitive. And I, I really don't like to compare myself to other people who do the same work that I do, but it's almost impossible not to. Um, so that's the first thing that I I took on that I learned from people around me was finding a niche. Um, and like I said, it doesn't have to be, you know, the most unique thing in the world because odds are a lot of us grew up reading the same content. A lot of us were inspired by some of the same things. Um, but I think it's important to find a way to differentiate your work or to find something that you specifically are very passionate about that you want to share. So, Obviously, fashion is kind of the broader framework that brought me where I am now. But I mentioned this interest in sustainability and environmental science that I took on while I was in school. And um, I still try to instill that in all of my writing. Um, If, you know, if there is an up and coming emerging sustainable designer locally um, that I come across, you know, that's usually the type of person I'd gravitate towards for an interview, just because I think that that kind of work deserves to be highlighted, especially, you know, right now with the way that the world currently is. But um, yeah, so for me, that niche was that environmental lane and just kind of instilling education within my pieces. And that really helped me just to kind of have a jumping off point because um, publications were interested in writing about this section of fashion that not everybody hears about every single day. Um, I think now sustainability has grown to become a larger sect that we now do have a lot of education in. But a few years ago, that was definitely something that kind of gave me a good jumping off point to start because it was fresh. It was a different take. Um, So yeah, finding your niche or just finding something that you're really passionate about that you would like to share with other people, I think is very important. Um, It also gives you intention in your work, you know, like as much as I love covering a collection because I thought it was beautiful, I, I really love covering a collection if I feel like people have something to learn from it. Um, that intention was really important to me. But the biggest thing, aside from that niche and kind of finding your interest and and just, you know, championing that would be networking for sure. And, you know, it's kind of cliche. That's the answer that I got from everyone as well. Um, but I was cold emailing. I was cold DMing. I was kind of just finding anyone I could who did something I was interested in. And if they were willing to talk, then great. If, you know, I didn't get a response or we didn't end up being able to connect, that's really the worst that could happen. So um, networking was very, very important for me. I feel like as soon as I built a community in what I wanted to do, that's where I felt more opportunities coming my way. Um, And just being able to have people who do the same thing that you do or are traveling on that same journey that you're traveling on that you can relate to is so important, Um, especially within the editorial media world. I think having people that you can rely on, people that you can confide in, because like we said, it's a tumultuous industry. I think having people around you who are experiencing the same things really gives you that strength to to keep going. Um, But yeah, it's a combination of those things for sure. Networking, intention, Um, finding that niche, finding the thing that sets you apart that you really are passionate about writing about because that passion, I think, will always 
shine through in your writing. And um, I think that's something that people look for is someone who's writing about something that they really care about. So I think all of those things really helped me. Um, But with all that being said, it definitely was a challenge. And um, I think that you know, it doesn't happen right away. I think having the patience to let things take their course was something I had to learn as well. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful to be able to do what I do and always grateful to help others who are kind of at that tricky point too, where they don't really know how to start, because I think that's definitely, definitely, um, just the case for a lot of people who want to get into a creative job. Yeah. I would really love to know what your thoughts are on the current fashion media landscape. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question because I'm still trying to wrestle with my own thoughts about how to properly answer that question myself. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot because um, I think, you know, like I mentioned, the thing that I fell in love with from the very beginning was just what's at the heart of all of it is just storytelling. Um, I mentioned, you know, growing up and just reading all the time and I really was. And I loved the idea of, first of all, being able to self-express through my own writing, as I mentioned, but I also loved the idea of being able to kind of like get inside somebody else's head by reading their writing. So it goes both ways. I think, like I said, at the heart of it all is storytelling. I've always been interested in immersing myself in, you know, some other place through someone else's words. And um, I think that's kind of what the heart of journalism is as well, is being able to share takes and being able to see things from somebody else's perspective. Um, I think that's what got me initially interested. So it's very... It's very interesting to now see content that um, sometimes it's less driven by storytelling and it's more driven by a product or it's more driven by a trend or a certain narrative that social media, especially TikTok, is setting forth. And I think that there is a place for that, for sure. Um, I think the accessibility that social media and especially TikTok give creators is very important. So I think there's something to be said there. I don't think I can completely discredit, you know, this new wave of content um, because it's allowing people to have platforms that maybe would not have been able to do so in the past. So I love that notion of accessibility that we get from social media. Um, But when it comes specifically to fashion content in relation to social media, that's what I've kind of been, I don't know, I've been grappling with that idea for the past few months because I've seen the trend of a lot of magazines leaning toward like I just mentioned leaning toward you know write-ups of a trendy product write-ups of a TikTok viral product as opposed to a brand profile about an emerging brand that's doing something really really cool that we've not seen before um I just think that we're kind of in some ways getting away from that original heart, which is storytelling. Um, But in other ways, we are finding new inspiration at like the click of a button. So I think in both ways, it's it's very interesting. I don't know. I'm trying to kind of I don't have a fully fleshed out answer because I'm trying I'm navigating that myself. Um, I feel that I want my writing to most of the time be evergreen I want to write something that someone can read a year later and it still makes sense and it's still relevant and that's where I kind of 
you know, I, I'm kind of faced with a problem when we see all these articles about um, what's trending for the month of February in 2023, because you read that next year and it's it's not topical anymore. There's already something new that we want to write and talk about. And I think that kind of ties back into this notion of sustainability and ethical production and all the things that I've been talking about this whole time that I'm really passionate about. I think this really fast paced um, mode of media that we're seeing emerge right now, it only accelerates this very fast paced uh, sense of production and this very um, consumerist driven sense of fashion that tells us, you know, you need to get something new every month. You need to get the next new thing. So I don't know. I have trouble when I see the publications and the writers that I grew up with that really inspired me now kind of leaning towards, you know, this more fast paced mode of reporting. But at the same time, there's so many things that we have to learn from it as well. So I'm kind of torn. That's how I feel about about both of those things. I'm I'm I see the pros and I see the cons. But um, for me, I, I love to just read a good story. So you know, if if we could see more of those existing while still seeing you know the really fast paced stuff, then I think I'm good. I think I would be upset if we started to see you know TikTok trends replacing really amazing brand profiles or um, really in-depth interviews of local creatives. That's when I think I I would start to see a problem with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Hypebeast has been around for a while and it's been a really great resource, especially for people, you know, initially just getting into fashion to, you know, learn a bit more about brands they, you know, already know and, you know, discovering new brands. I think people would be really interested in just learning more about, you know, what your experience has been working for the company and learn more about like the expectations, you know, of a writer. Yeah, definitely. I can get into that. So um, my time at Hypebeast, like I mentioned, it's been a little bit under a year. It's been lovely. It's been amazing. I get to work with people who are incredibly talented every single day. Um, like I mentioned, I work on the creative team. So I work with production. I work with design. Um, I can't even fathom what the graphic designers do. It's so insane to me. Um, but yeah, so my day-to-day -day is writing. I'll probably put out about, mm, it It varies, but I'll probably put out, you know, mm, maybe three to five articles a week. Um, a lot of the articles I write are in conjunction with design. So we kind of have to work together with our timelines, um, make sure that, you know, the layout of the piece is ready when the copy is ready. But I would say that Hypebeast is one of those more fast-paced reporting sites, you know. Every time there's a new drop or something really hot, we're always on top of it. Um, I do admire them for that because, like you said, I learn a lot. I've learned so much since working there about new brands. Um, I think the thing that I admire the most about Hypebeast is that although it follows this really rapid-fire kind of reporting, the people that they choose to work with, the talent, are not always the expected. Um, I think Hypebeast has been known for this sense of street style and, um, you know, working with more emerging independent brands that we may not know about. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. I like to give people a platform who, you know, I think really deserve it. And as much as I love the big names, because I do, I, I really love Miu Miu. I mentioned Vivian Westwood. Um, they're 
are these really big fashion house powerhouse brands that I love but I also love to see people who are just coming up get that kind of get that spotlight and get that recognition that they deserve and I feel like Hypebeast does a lot of that we're working with a lot of local designers we're always sourcing talent um, from around the city which is also amazing for me because I've gotten to meet a lot of great people through shoots that we've done through projects and campaigns that we've worked on Um, that's also part of what my job entails sometimes I'll be on set and I'll interview talent on set which is really amazing for me because I love speaking to people um, learning more about what they do whether it's I mean we work with all different kinds of talent at Hypebeast I've interviewed a basketball player I've interviewed people in the NFT space I've interviewed um, fashion designers so lots of different things going on always always learning there and it's a very very collaborative environment which I also love yeah you know what should people be keeping an eye out for from you in 2023 yeah um I'm super excited for a new year I've now been in New York in the same apartment for a year we've got another year in the same place so I'm very excited to just continue living here I feel like the past year has been insane as far as opportunity and I've met so many amazing people and every day that I get to be here I feel lucky so I'm just excited to be here for another year um, to meet more people to attend more events Um, I hope to be able to gather some new bylines in the next year. Um, I am always looking to kind of expand the scope of my work and um, also collaborate with a lot of other amazing photographers, writers, whatever it may be. So I hope that I have some more of that coming. Um, I'm hoping to continue growing at Hypebeast. Um, Like I said, it's been amazing so far and I am just very grateful that I get to do what I love every day. I get to write. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to be able to write every day. So I'm very happy. Um, I'm trying to practice a little more self-care. So like I said, a little more reading for fun. Like it doesn't even have to be, you know, for anything, but just for enjoyment. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to practice a little more of. And um, yeah, I hope to just keep doing what I'm doing just on a larger scale. I it's it's been an amazing past year of being here and um yeah, all I can wish for is to just keep it going. <laughs>